You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. looks at his protege and says, what can I do? What do you want? What do you want from me? Please, a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You've asked for a very hard thing, Elisha, a very hard thing. But if you see me when I'm taken up, it'll be so. But if you don't see me, you're not going to get that double portion. Elisha saw how great the Spirit of God worked in Elijah. He witnessed it firsthand. And he wanted the same thing. Is there anyone that you admire for their spiritual depth and maturity that you'd want to be like? Elisha wanted to be more like his mentor, Elijah. Pastor Dave's going to teach about the time when Elijah's going to be taken off of this earth. You'll hear about Elisha's request and the conditions under which it would be met. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 2 as he begins his message, Up and Away. Chapter 2, and the first 18 verses, an exciting chapter. It's an interesting chapter because we have to say farewell, and I'm saying farewell because we will see him again. So I'm saying we have to say farewell to a mighty, mighty prophet, the prophet Elijah. So that's what chapter 2 of 2 Kings entails. So let's go before the Lord in prayer, if you will, bow your hearts. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we now come to you. Lord, there's so many things on our hearts and there's so many things on our minds. There's so many people we need to pray for. But Lord, we need to be in your word because your word will guide and lead us as we sit before you and allow your spirit to speak. So Lord, I pray, Father, that I would just move out of the way and allow your spirit to speak boldly, to proclaim the truths that are in your word, that we might know you better, that we might see you, Lord, and feel your presence, that we might just draw ever closer to you, that we might grow in the grace and knowledge of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we have, that we can read your word. Thank you that we can study it and we can look at it and we can see the things that are in there, Lord, because your word is just as true today as when it was written, Father God, thousands of years ago, because it is the word of truth. And Lord, it is our guide It is what we go to, Lord, whenever we need wisdom, whenever we need guidance, Lord. So thank you. We love you, Lord, and we ask, Lord, now that you would bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. So in 1 Kings, we met the man Elijah the Tishbite. Elijah the Tishbite was a true prophet of the Lord God Jehovah. He was called by the Lord. He was empowered by the Lord. And he came onto the scene basically in the northern kingdom of Israel at one of the most decadent times in the nation's history. Beginning with Jeroboam and all the way through Ahab and his wife Jezebel and even through Ahab's son Azahiah, the country had fallen into spiritual adultery. What does that mean? That means they left the one true living God 
and started worshiping foreign gods, namely Baal. They left the one true living God. They left serving the God who had called them into his own, the God who had led them out of Egypt, the God who gave them a promised land, the God who was going to be their God, and they were supposed to be his children. They left him, and they started worshiping these foreign gods. This is called spiritual adultery. And after his great victory over the prophets of Baal, Elijah was known as the prophet of fire. He was known as the prophet of fire. And this came true in our study. In our study, when these captains of 50s and men came to grab him, to take him to Azahiah the king, he called fire down upon them and burnt them to a crisp. It's interesting that his name means, my God is Jehovah. Elijah, my God is Jehovah. And during his time of ministry, he did approximately eight miracles. And we look back at the life of Elijah that we studied, and we find that so many things happened to him that were just supernatural. And these miracles that came along, I mean, remember, he was fed three times by divine supplies. Remember, he was fed by the ravens. He was fed by the widow woman. And then he was even fed by an angel when we first began studying him. He was known as a fearless reformer because he rebuked the king, specifically Ahab, because of their iniquities against God. And we know that Elijah was a man of prayer, a mighty man of prayer. And in fact, it was his fervent prayer that kept the rain from coming down in Israel for three and a half years. But we're also told in scriptures that Elijah was a man of like passions. What does that mean? He was a man, and he suffered temptations like we are. He even yielded to discouragement when he was hiding in the cave from Queen Jezebel. We know he was not infallible on his judgment, but we do know one thing. Elijah was most honored by God. And as I said, he did many miracles, and he's credited with these miracles. I mean, proclaiming the drought in 1 Kings 17, and even James makes note of it. He multiplied the meal for the widow in 1 Kings 17. He multiplied the oil in 1 Kings 17. He restored her son back to life in 1 Kings 17. He had the consuming fire sacrifice of the prophets of Baal in 1 Kings 18. We studied when the captains and the men were slain by fire two times. He also brought brain back to the nation when he prayed in 1 Kings 18. And we're going to see his last miracle where he basically replicas what Joshua did and the children of Israel did when they came into the land when he divides the river Jordan. So we're going to see that. What makes Elijah a true prophet? Because not one of his prophecies failed to come forth. Many people prophesy, but do their prophecies come true? And according to I read the word of God, if you make a prophecy and it doesn't come true, you're to be stoned and to be labeled a false prophet. So as we come now into chapter 2, King Azahiah is dead. His brother Jehoram is now on the throne because King Azahiah had no children. And for some unknown reason, the Lord decides to remove Elijah from the scene. 
I say unknown reason because we really don't know biblically why Elijah was removed. We don't know because nowhere in the Bible does it tell us why he was removed. We know he was a man of great faith. We know he was a man that was used mightily by the Lord. We know that he was fallible. We know that he was just a man, but God used him mightily and honored him. But for some reason, God chose to take him out at this time. Now, of course, there is speculation as to why he was removed. Many think that he was removed for his preparation for his role in the end times. It's highly probable and possible that he's going to be one of the two witnesses found in Revelation 11. Very highly probable that he is. It's possible, but it's not explicitly taught in the Bible. It's not explicitly taught, so be careful of making it dogma. Be careful. It may be that God desired to save Elijah from the experiencing the death due to his great faithfulness in serving and obeying him. I mean, he made a lot of people mad. A lot of people angry at him. I mean, Jezebel, Ahab who had passed away, um, Azahiah was bad, he passed away. The new prophets of Baal and all those people, there were a lot of people against this man. So maybe the Lord was protecting them. Again, we don't know. So we have to speculate, but we can't make it dogma. We can't be dogmatic about it. But whatever the case, God had a purpose. God has a purpose for everything he does. We may not understand his ways. We may not understand his purposes. But believe me, God has a purpose for everything he does. And Psalm 1830 says his way is perfect. You may not like his way. But he never asked you to like it. He never asked us to understand it. He has asked us to believe and trust and have faith that he knows what he's doing. So it appears that some time has elapsed since the death of Azahiah. Let's read verse 1a. And it came to pass, period. This is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. <laughs> I don't know why, I'm kind of weird. Because I look at people and go, are you experiencing a rough time? And it came to pass. Maybe you're experiencing a trouble-free time. And it came to pass. Everything comes to pass. Everything has a season. Our lives have seasons. And I love it when it says, and it came to pass. All things come to pass. And sometimes we suffer, but remember, for a little while. So the time has come for the Lord to remove Elijah from the scene. He's going to take him up into heaven in a whirlwind. Let's finish verse 1. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Elisha and his protege Elijah are now basically on a walking tour of the nation. Elijah is devoted to his master. And he refuses to leave even after Elijah asked him. And in spite of the sons of the prophets keep telling him that Elijah is going to be taken away from him, Elisha refuses to leave. Let's read two to the five. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. 
Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? So he answered, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two men went on. There's several interesting things here. They're making this historical trek. It's almost like a farewell tour. Elijah is making this historical trek through the nation, and he's probably saying farewell to various people that he knows. Certainly, he's probably saying farewell to the sons of the prophets, which we'll get to in a minute. But it's a historical importance. Every place they go has extreme historical importance to the Jew. Gilgal, Bethel, Jericho, even the Jordan River. These are cities and landmarks that are historically and biblically important to the nation. What happened at Gilgal? I feel like I'm in first Bueller's class. Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Um, Gilgal was the first place that the Israelites camped when they crossed the Jordan. It was the first place that they camped there. It was the place before they went into battle against Jericho that the Lord God Jehovah told Joshua, Joshua, renew the covenant that I gave your father Abraham and circumcise all the men. Because in the 40 years that they had left Egypt, none of them have been circumcised. They had not kept the ritual and covenant of circumcision. It was at Gilgal that Joshua had all the men, including himself, circumcised. So the Lord said, do this. And then they went to Bethel. Bethel means house of God. Who was the first one to worship at Bethel? Abraham. Abraham was the first one to go to Bethel. He worshiped there. What did Jacob see at Bethel? Ladder, and then angels descending and ascending into heaven. Jacob's ladder, he saw it at Bethel. Also at Bethel, something bad happened. According to what we read in 1 Kings, something bad happened at Bethel. Remember King Jeroboam? He had two golden calves made that they were going to worship. He put one in Bethel. He put one there, and it became an idolatrous place of worship. Everybody knows what happened at Jericho, right? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. It was the very first victory of the nation Israel as they came into the land. God told them to march around the city seven times. Actually, he told them to march around once each day. For seven days. And on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And the band led. And they made a big shout and the walls fell down. It was at Jericho that Achan disobeyed the Lord. 
Achan disobeyed the Lord and took some of the spoil for his own, which they weren't supposed to, because the first spoils go to the Lord. But he took some, and he and his family were killed because of it. So this is a very important place that Elijah is going, and it's a very, very important. So he's making this tour through there, saying goodbye. And the second thing I want to mention here is that everybody and his uncle knew that Elijah was leaving. Well, how did they know? Everybody and his uncle knew that Elijah was going up to heaven. Everybody knew that the Lord was taking him, whether they thought maybe he was dying. I don't know, but they knew that the Lord was taking them because everywhere they went, the sons of the prophets ran out and said, Elisha, Elisha, don't you know that your master's going to be taken from you today? Yeah, 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 I know. Keep quiet. Everyone knew. And it's interesting. These sons of prophets were dedicated men. They were called by God to study the scriptures. They were the sons of prophets, and they probably went to prophecy schools like the one Samuel started in 1 Samuel. They probably went to these prophecy schools that were started all over Israel. They were the sons of the prophets. The young prophets all knew Elijah was leaving. Was there some sort of prophecy that was made that Elijah would be leaving? It's not scriptural. We don't know. We don't know why God took Elijah away. We don't know why everybody and his uncle knew that Elijah was leaving. Every city, Elijah tells Elisha, stay. I got to go on. Stay. I have to go on. But Elisha refuses each time. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. Why did Elijah want Elisha to leave? We don't know why he wanted him to leave. Some suspect that Elijah was testing Elisha's faith. Elijah was testing to see just how faithful he would be. And Elisha was committed to serving his master even to the end. Elisha was a faithful servant. He was faithful to his master and he wouldn't leave him until God took him away. And he's going to the way God promised. And I guess Elijah was saying goodbye to everyone on his tour. It must have been an extremely emotional time. I think of Paul when he went to the church of Ephesus. And I love that chapter 20 in the book of Acts where Paul knows he's going to Jerusalem, knows what awaits him is not good, and knows that he'll never see these elders again. And he calls all the elders of Ephesus at Miletus. He calls them the Miletus, and they're this beautiful, beautiful time together. And Paul teaches them even more things. And it's a beautiful, beautiful farewell party. And they cried, and they loved each other, and they hugged each other. And it was, it's really emotional. You should read it, Acts 20. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I imagine that's what takes place here with, as Elijah is saying goodbye. I'm leaving. Now, you've been around when people were retired from certain places and they leave after being around for a long time. They retire. It's very emotional. It's very emotional when you've worked someplace for a long, long time and you retire. Not only are you emotional, but the workers you worked with are emotional. And here, everybody is really emotional. And I'm sure that Elijah told these prophets that you better obey Elisha when I'm gone. Because you need to remain faithful to the word of God. You need to do what all God is asking of you to do as you battle against this widespread idolatry that is in the land. And I think we're called to the same thing. We need to be prepared and we remain faithful to the word of God as we battle what's going on in the world today. There's some really nasty things happening out there, and abortion is one of them. Although I did read where abortions were down, praise God. They're not completely wiped out, but the abortion rate has come down a tad. But they're still happening. 
God had given these prophets a huge responsibility to call the people into repentance, to call them back to obeying the Lord. God's covenant was so that the Lord would be able to bless the people and heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people, you know the verse. God wanted to heal them. God wanted to forgive them. God wanted to bring them back into his own. But they needed to repent. They needed to turn. To me, this is the Great Commission. It's the same thing that's given to us by the Lord. It's the same thing that's given to us. We're in the middle of the Great Commission. We need to help people to repent, help people to come out of the world and to repent and come back to obeying the Lord's commands. So the tour of the nation ends at the Jordan River, another historical landmark because it was where the Jordan River, when they crossed into the Promised Land, where God told them that the priest had to step into the water. Remember now when Moses stood at the Red Sea. He held his staff and stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And supposedly he put his staff into the water and it's spread apart. But here, the command was that the priest carrying the ark, ahead of the nation, had to step in the water. Took great faith for them to do that. Took great faith for them to step in that water. And when they stepped into the water, the waters parted. And they walked across on dry land. So they're at the river Jordan. This is where we are right now. And all eyes are on Elijah. Everybody's watching Elijah. It must have been quite a crowd. Let's look at verses 7 and 8. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water. And it was divided this way and that. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. So Elijah does this beautiful miracle. He removes his mantle, this robe-like thing that he was wearing, this piece. And he rolls it up. He strikes the water and they walk across. He basically recreates the parting of the Jordan River that happened many, many years before with Joshua. So Elijah does things. And as soon as they cross over, as soon as they get over, Elijah turns around and there's Elisha with him. And he asked him a very, very important question. Let's read 9 through 10. And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall be not so. Elijah looks at his protege and says, what can I do? What do you want? What do you want from me? Please, a double portion of your spirit be upon me. You've asked for a very hard thing, Elisha, a very hard thing. But if you see me when I'm taken up, It'll be so. But if you don't see me, you're not going to get that. The whole portion. Elisha saw how great the Spirit of God worked in Elijah. He witnessed it firsthand, and he wanted the same thing. You are a sure. 
You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 2 Kings with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. There's a theme that you notice throughout this book. A person's actions have consequences. In the case of the majority of kings in this book, it was evil actions that incurred negative consequences. Do you think God enjoys handing out consequences for sin? On the contrary, just as a parent would prefer willful obedience, God desires for people to seek after Him and follow what He says because it's best for them. When that isn't the case, it grieves him to put forth discipline, but it's always with a heart for people to come back to him for their good. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time in God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Everything you need to know is on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 2 Kings today. We hope you'll join us again on Assure Hope. Rescue.